riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dolp. Well, and here we are in the thick of it. The winter weather and the season. Tis the season for people to give. And uh, one of the local traditions is New Hope Community in Lock Sheldrake likes to give back to the community. We'll talk about what they've been up to recently. Patricio Robayo has more in the second half of the program. down to our last week and a half of programs here on the local edition we've taken the time to you know look back at the year that was look ahead at the year that's coming and check in with uh, some of the organizations that we usually check in with to see how their year was to see what's going on wayne county community foundation was established in 1991 by a group of community-minded individuals who are seeking to create a create a charitable organization with deep roots in the community today the foundation works to build trust between nonprofit organizations, community donors, businesses, regional funders, and make an impact on the quality of life in Wayne County. On the phone to tell us more is Wayne County Community Foundation President and CEO Ryan Jennings joining us once again. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Jason. Good evening. So, yeah, if you could, like I was giving some of the background there on the on the foundation, let's remind people what the community foundation is and you know how does it work. Sure. You know, community foundations are are known all across the country. Most communities across the country have a community foundation that represents their county or their region. And our community is lucky to have the Wayne County Community Foundation that pools the resources, the charitable resources and philanthropic donations of community members um, and charitable groups here at the foundation. Um, We have over 130 funds at the foundation that we manage. And then we invest those dollars with multiple institutions, um, including our local banks, so that those dollars are earning investment returns, like individuals' investment returns for their retirement, so that those dollars can go back into the community and do more good. So the the charitable dollars are really working for the community at a a faster pace um, so that we can solve the issues that um, our community faces. Yeah, and and how are some of the traditional ways that the foundation invests in a community, uh, and how do those contrast with how things are changing and have been changing in recent years? Sure. So a lot of community foundations start off with very simple um, donor advised funds, which is a, do- a donor would make a charitable donation and then advise how they want those dollars spent, given to nonprofits. Um, we have many of those at our foundation. Um, we also have a lot of scholarship funds and other field of interest funds. So a donor might um, be interested in supporting kind of a range of things within animal welfare or substance abuse disorders or things like that. Um, so we do all of those vehicles for giving, but we also work to um build the capacity of nonprofits. So this year we worked with our partners at Network for Good, which is an online donor management system to provide a grant um, for three local nonprofits, uh, the Lake Wampalpac Watershed District, the Wayne County Arts Alliance, and the Cooperage Project to be able to 
utilize this donor management system and training so that they can be better at online fundraising and fundraising in general. Um, and so that's one way that we're not just giving a grant for um, office equipment or a program, but it's something that will help the nonprofits be better at the work that they do and, and raise the money more efficiently. We yeah. also do a lot in the space of community leadership. Um, so working with nonprofits to um, write larger scale grants and collaborative grants. Um, we work very closely with the county um, because sometimes they can't qualify for certain grant opportunities that have to go through a 501c3 nonprofit. So we work with the county to be able to um, be that fiscal partner. Sounds like you you prefer to look for, I guess you'd say, like value-added multipliers, you know, something that'll that that'll not just be the next step for an organization, but enable that organization to to then take the next four or five steps. That's exactly right. And everything that we do um, is about relationship building and building trust within those relationships, strengthening those relationships. And really nothing that we do is on our own. It's all collaborative and within, within partnership. So we, we really value the, the power of relationships and, and community building deeply. Are there uh, any new partnerships that came up in, in the past year as you look back? Yeah, I mean, one I'm really excited um, about that's unfolding right as we speak is we received a grant, a capacity building grant from the Weinberg Foundation to support hiring a community grant writer that we're in the process of interviewing for. And that will be a shared resource for Wayne and Pike counties. So we'll be developing a, a really strong relationship with the Greater Pike Community Foundation in hopes of um, working together on solving some of these regional problems that that are affecting Wayne and Pike counties. Um, we were really excited about that partnership. Um, we also will continue to work closely with the county on a couple of big projects like a recovery to work project. Um, we also established a fund with the folks that are working to fundraise for and plan for a new YMCA building in our county. So lots of, um, lots of new partnerships have unfolded in 2022. Now, um, and and this is that time of year where uh, people, people, nonprofits uh, especially, are looking for the the year end fundraising. Most nonprofits are doing that right now. We're we're doing that on our end. Are you doing something similar on yours? Sure, we. I mean, we accept donations all year round, um, but this is certainly a time where donors. Um, and individuals who are thinking about giving and thinking about being charitable and giving back to their community. So we're certainly a great vehicle to do that. And we have um, funds that support lots of different nonprofits, including WJFF at our foundation. So we really have something for everyone, um, depending on what they're interested in supporting. We know that donors um, all have different passions about what makes them give. Um, and so we have a little bit of something for everybody. Find it is it is it at all difficult to to do a, to to communicate with the general public about what you do in terms of like if people donate to an arts organization it's like oh okay well you put on plays I want I want to help you put on plays or you put on radio I want to help you put on radio you know the, those are like single things you're doing so many different things does that actually in some ways make it more difficult to to get the message across? 
It can be. Um, we try to describe ourselves kind of as a one-stop shop. We're the conduit to get to all the things that people care about. Um, but it can be. It, it, community foundations are a unique um, foundation. We're not a private foundation. We have to do our fundraising to support our operating expenses ourselves. Um, and then we pool the, the community's resources to better serve the community. So it's it's kind of a yes and. <laughs> we give and we have to receive to be able to do that. So it's an ongoing communication and education of our of our community to explain what the function of a community foundation is. Yeah. Yeah. What are as you look as you look back at the year that was, we'll do we'll do the other direction in a moment. As you look back at the year that was, were there any uh were there any like obstacles that that you you had to overcome? I mean, in 2020, 2021, we the the obstacles were very obvious, you know, uh, with the pandemic and things like that. Um, sure. now, now times are still crazy, but it's a bit more diffuse. I'm just wondering what, what challenges, if any, you were facing in the year, past year. Two really stick out to me. Um, one was completely out of our control and that the investment markets were extremely tumultuous. Um, at the end of 2021 and into 2022, we're on a fiscal cycle at the foundation. So our last fiscal year ended in June 30th and it was a tough fiscal year to have money in the investment markets and things have settled down a little bit now, but um, we expect a kind of tumultuous up and down roller coaster ride for a little bit longer here. Um, but we're not in the game of getting rich quick. Um, we are here for the long term to invest over time and see those returns over time. Um, and then the other piece was, that um, we, after after things had been kind of quieter on the public-facing piece, we had a really eventful year of um, annual dinners. Um, we had two <laughs> this year. In in uh, after planning and canceling in 2021, so we had two annual dinners this year. Um, so we had just a very fast-paced um, year with a lot of community facing things which were wonderful but it was a pace that was very hard with just two of two of us as staff so <laughs> yeah. we're looking forward to to hope we're adding staff in in 2023 and and um finding a little bit more balance um in the year ahead i i, I totally hear you i i can very much relate to what you're saying and uh <laughs> speaking of the year of annual dinners yeah yeah <laughs> Um, what, what else is in the year ahead uh, as you look ahead to 2023? What are you hoping to accomplish? What are you uh, anticipating? We, we continue to, to work on growing, um, and, and changing with the, the ever changing needs of our community. So we're, we always are trying to kind of pivot with the community as they change and our community shifts and grows and, and, um, diversifies. Uh, we work to, to kind of keep on pace with that. Um, we, with adding this community grant writer will be a really interesting opportunity for our, our foundation in partnership with the Greater Pike Community Foundation. So that'll be a big shift for us. Um, we just moved offices upstairs in the same building, but, um, so we've added some, some space to be able to, um, increase our staff size, hopefully in the upcoming year. All right. That sounds good. Is there anything else you wanted to mention, uh, before we get going? If you'd like to learn more about the Wayne County Community Foundation, you can do so at waynefoundation.org. And we'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in establishing a donor-advised fund, field of interest fund, scholarship fund, or just want to talk about best ways of um, giving 
based on your philanthropic goals, then feel free to reach out to me. All right. Should I give the phone number too? Sure. It's um, 570-251-9993. And our email is info at waynefoundation.org. That's 570-251-9993 online at waynefoundation.org. Been having a great conversation here at the end of the year with Wayne County Community Foundation President and CEO Ryan Jennings. Ryan, have the best holidays and have a happy new year. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time, Jason. Happy holiday. This is the local edition. I thought the music was playing. It was not. There it is. <laughs> That's how you know where you are on the radios with the music. This is the local edition. We're going to take a break in just a moment. We come back. We'll go over the weather again because there certainly is weather out there tonight. And then we'll check in with New Hope. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hey, it's Danielle Kurtzleben from NPR, and I bet there's something on your to-do list you've been putting off. Maybe it's a haircut or a car wash. Listen, no judgment. But I promise getting it done will take so much less time than you've spent thinking about not doing it. I'm betting that donating to this station is on your list. And there is no better time than right now. So go do it. Here's how. Make your year-end tax-deductible donation at wjffradio.org. This is Radio Catskill. We've had a very interesting weather day uh, out there, and uh, it's going to continue with uh, rain tonight, overnight low down to 31. And uh, there's a possibility of one to three inches of rain. The big the big headline here in terms of the weather is after the rain uh, tomorrow, looking more like a tomorrow afternoon, the temperatures are going to plunge, and uh, they're looking at the potential for fast freezing, uh, rapid freezing out there, surfaces uh, and that includes roadways as well as walkways. Anything that's wet is going to be a very wet day from tonight well into tomorrow. And then late tomorrow afternoon, things are going to get very cold. So that's what everybody's watching out for in terms of the weather. And the National Weather Service is, is literally called this, quote, a complex storm, end quote. That's what they're calling this. And as such, they've issued multiple, multiple uh, advisories to deal with it including a wind advisory that uh, starts coming up at 7 o'clock with gusts up to 50 miles per hour. That's possible. A flood watch goes in effect at 1 a.m. That continues until 7 p.m. tomorrow evening. And then a wind wind chill advisory from 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon until noon on Saturday with those plunging temperatures. The wind chills would be like it's below zero, so there will be some rapid freezing This is the local edition news and information that keeps you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. And up next, checking in with New Hope, New Hope Community, Sullivan County nonprofit providing services to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. They just concluded multiple days of giving back to the community, which is a tradition with New Hope. Uh, They do holiday meals, things like that. 
And uh, also, uh, our own Patricio Romayo spoke to New Hope CEO Deborah McGinnis earlier today about their most recent event, their annual holiday family drive through Oh, my gosh. It went absolutely beautifully. It was our fifth community outreach dinner. It was on Tuesday, December 13th. We started at 4.30, and I think around 3 o'clock, cars actually started to line up. It is such a phenomenal outreach. We love the ability to provide food to families that very possibly have a need and um, maybe experiencing some level of food insecurity. We provided 468 meals to 117 families. So everything we provided to them was a serving for at least four. We also had $25 gift cards that were from ShopRite so they could do some additional shopping on us. We had a tremendous amount of local businesses that supported us with giving us discounts on the purchases of the food items that we were able to provide to families. But this is such a meaningful thing for us because we believe so strongly that we need to be a contributing member of our community in terms of really supporting health and wellness because we are healthier and stronger together. Response was wonderful. You have people's kind you know, comments in terms of how much that means to them and their family. We had Santa, elves, things for the kids. Um, it was just a wonderful coming together. So we were thrilled with the um, the outcome that evening. It definitely does sound like it was a special evening. You and New Hope have been very busy this past month. What can you tell us about this past month and what you've been up to? Yeah, we did a lot. In fact, I should also throw in that we have Kevin who lives in one of our residences. He hand-knitted some scarves and put them into little bags. And the first few lucky cars were able to actually get hand-knit scarves as well, which was really cool. But on December 14th, we actually had adopted 58 children for the purpose of gift purchasing. They make their little wish list, and then we... Uh, adopt one, two, three, four, five, six kids each, whatever, and get all sorts of gifts and wrap them. We delivered them down to Head Start in Woodburn, and they had Santa there this past Tuesday, and all the kids were given their wrapped gifts. And um, that's also a wonderful thing because we have so much fun feeling like kids have all these big wishes and are really hoping they can get something that we're able to be sure they do get. And we have a wonderful relationship with Head Start, and they do an incredible job with really nurturing up small children in our community. So that was fabulous. And on the 19th, we also hosted an open house, and we distributed monetary donations to um, Monticello Rotary Club, the Liberty Rotary Club, Sullivan County Federation for the Homeless, St. Andrew's Episcopal Church Food Pantry, Sullivan County Head Start, and several of our first responder organizations. You know, it's funny because I came here in 2018, and New Hope Community has always, I believe, had a reputation for giving back to the community. But when you recognize need, and in some areas it seems as if there's been a growing or an increased level of need, we felt that we needed to step up and do even more. So over the last four and a half years, that's exactly what we've done. And I think it's an incredible coming together of a neighbor to neighbor reaching out and saying, I see you, I hear you, I feel your need, and we're going to participate in something that can help make life a bit better. Definitely. And New Hope is right at the forefront of making that happen. I remember the holiday family drive-through that I attended during the pandemic as a reporter. And it was such a 
a great need uh, that was met because we were still dealing with masks. We were still dealing with social distancing and New Hope was still able to help the community, but still stay safe and social distance by having the cars drive up to New Hope to pick up their, their holiday meals. Yeah. And, you know, it's really funny because the first two, 18 and 19, we did it indoors. And we also partnered with the Fallsburg Police, the PBA, and, and did their toy giveaway with the children. And then when the pandemic hit, we were like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do this? We don't want to give this up. And the drive-through now for 2021 and 22 has actually worked out beautifully. And it's kind of cool, isn't it? When you have a crisis hit, what do they say? You know, necessity is the mother of invention. You have to get creative. And this was just too important to put to the side. So we're really happy we've been able to continue with it. We gave a very brief overview of what New Hope Community is all about. But Deborah, can you tell us in your own words what New Hope Community means and what services it provides? Okay, so that's, um, I love the opportunity at any point to share about New Hope Community. New Hope has been in existence since 1975. We're a large not-for-profit organization. Our service sector is in what's known as the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities. We really look to empower the lives of children and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So we have 38 residential programs. We have day habilitation without walls and a day hab traditional program that has all sorts of meaningful activities woven into five days a week. We have New Hope Farm, which is an organic farm on the Sullivan County Community College campus, which is a wonderful farm that um, many of our people that um, receive supports and services from us learn all sorts of things about farming and help grow and pick and distribute. We support food pantries. We support healthy veggie deliveries to our residences in the summer. We also work with a culinary program at the college. We've got a barn with horses and a riding program. We've got greenhouses where we grow microgreens. We do community habilitation. We have a division in Westchester County that works with about 500 people in Westchester, Rockland, and Putnam and provides community-based supports and services and something known as self-direction. I think our goal here is what can we do to be very person-centered in listening to the people that have come to us to help enhance their lives and their opportunities, and what can we create, offer, and make happen so that they have the most meaningful lives possible based in the highest level of health and wellness possible, which is obviously critically important to a person's um, life experience. So we have a lot going on here, and we're constantly growing and changing. But it's very interesting because our staff, of which between Westchester County and Sullivan County, we have oh, probably about 750 staff or more. And we are very much involved, obviously, in supporting our communities in terms of living there, shopping there, um, using all sorts of resources that are local to us, and also being a part of other organizations, civic or organizations, other not-for-profit organizations, where we become part of the solution and provide efforts, roll up our sleeves, get in there, and help make a difference in the areas where it is most needed. So that's kind of, we're sort of a neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor mentality. We want to weave together. We believe stronger together is what it's all about, and we're here to support that. And you mentioned Westchester. I understand that in 2020, New Hope Community merged with Select Humans and Services in Pleasantville, New York, which is a nonprofit 
that services West Joseph, Putnam, and Rockland County. So that expanded the the services that you provided and the staff. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And the funny thing is, you know, life can be so serendipitous because my husband and I actually started Select Human Services in 2010. And it's a very interesting story, uh, probably way too detailed for this particular interview, but I'll say it's amazing how life works out sometime that I ended up having the opportunity to come here as um, New Hope CEO and bring in Select Human Services first as an affiliate and then as a division in January of 2020. It's a beautiful complement. It expands our reach. It expands the diversification of services we're able to provide in another part of the Hudson Valley region. So it's uh, it became a beautiful combination. And yeah, we're, we were very, very happy to bring them in and expand our family. Wow. You've done so much in 2022. What are you looking most forward to in the new year? Well, we have a lot of things that we are working on. I mean, we're just bringing our sensory garden on our campus to completion. That's been a project for the last two or three years that did get a bit stalled out during COVID. Um, so we're going to be really making good use of our sensory garden, which is just a beautiful, peaceful, therapeutic place with obviously celebrating our five senses. We're going to be expanding some of the community um, programming and supports that we have. We're talking about doing a repair cafe at our building in Liberty, where we are hoping to be able to work with our people to learn how to repair certain household items where we could open up a little shop for community members to come in free of charge and have repairs done, put on a pot of coffee, have a little mix and mingle. Um, we've got a lot of ideas bumping around, but our goal here moving forward is to offer more choices to get incredibly more embedded in a meaningful way within the community. We just created a full-time holistic wellness coordinator position here, and we are working to really extend holistic wellness opportunities to both our staff and to the people that we support so that they can catch a breath, have a good balance, be in a rhythm that works for them, because as we all know, in the last couple of years, close to three years, life has been a challenge, and I think people are stressed, people are tired, and we need to speak to that. So we need to fuel up and and nurture wellness um, and give everybody a moment to just catch their breath and get to a good place. We also are expanding our training opportunities here. We brought in another full-time training coordinator because education and being on the latest of what is going on in research and cutting-edge practices, that's very important to us. So we've... uh, We've, we've got our work cut out for us. We're also now finishing up a new strategic plan. Our five-year sitting strategic plan sunsets the end of this year. We're moving forward with a three-year plan that has a lot of exciting components in it, expanding IT, making better use of data, and driving optimal outcomes by understanding performance, um, key performance indicators. I mean, I could keep going, but as you can see, we're, we're busy. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff, yeah. Yep, it really is. Our, our, uh, we got a lot going on, but we're committed to it. And I will tell you that we've got a great group of worker bees. We are so passionate about our purpose. I think we're really fortunate to be on a path that we feel makes such a positive difference to me and to us. It's lifting up humanity 
And uh, if that's what life is, that's what life is all about. Deborah, for someone who's listening to this and want to help, want to show their support for New Hope Community, where can they go? How can they get in contact with you to show their support? Well, you know, they could go into our website, www.newhopecommunity.org forward slash and click the donate button. They could follow us on social media at New Hope 1975. We have Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. They could always give a call directly to us. We have an executive director of our foundation, Tom Burnham. He's at our main number, 845-434-8300. He's extension 223. They could call me at extension 229. Um, we would love to hear from anybody that has any interest in joining us for any of our activities on a volunteer level. If there, There's so many different ways they could support us. Of course, um, monetary donations are always welcome. It's, it's fantastic. We're Medicaid-funded, and when we are able to build um, discretionary funding, it gives us some wonderful options where we can support summer camp for people that live with us and other things that don't get reimbursed by Medicaid. So I would encourage anyone to reach out with any thoughts, any ideas, love to hear from them. And uh, we go from there. We were talking to the CEO of New Hope Community, Deborah McGinnis, about what happened this past year, this holiday, and what's in store for next year. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition. Have a great holiday and a happy new year. Uh, same to you, and it's such a it's such a pleasure. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rabayo. Thank you, Patricio. Thank you to our guests, and thank you for listening. This is Radio Catskill's Local Edition. Don't miss any edition of the Local Edition. Look for lo- Radio Catskill's Local Edition wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a podcast there. You sign up, you get every single episode. Ramble Tamble with John Gordon's up next. After that, it's the secret show of Brian Sheen, and we got the Christmas edition of Upfront Soul taking us out into the late night. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. We're keeping you connected.